Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a wonderful life Not a cloud in the sky Mr. Cupid just winked his eye And you walked by It's a wonderful life I have more than my share See me walking around on air Because you care. Welcome to Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney archive podcast. Well, hey, everybody, we're back. It's a surprise episode of Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney archive podcast. We're back because, well, Paul released some more music. And how could we have the word complete in the title of our podcast if we didn't cover all the songs? Yeah, I mean, if we said if Paul put something out, we would cover it. And here we are. Here we are. So, like I always do, Chris... What did you think? What do we got? Well, apparently, as a kind of third phase or third wave set of singles, we have two of the best tracks on Egypt Station. Yeah. He did this to us again. Yet again, it's this, well, you know, it's the same pattern. It's good to know that McCartney's consistent in this way, right? He's been very consistent. So yeah, on November 22nd, 2019, right before Thanksgiving in America, I was completely checked out <laughs> at this point, preparing for a little trip. And these came out and I had no idea. I'm sure other people had some kind of idea, but this hit me by surprise. It hit me so by surprise that I missed the vinyl. Oh no, that's right. They're kind of adding record store days. It used to be an April thing and now they're just kind of adding them here and there. You mm-hmm. know, I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all, but can't keep up anymore, both in terms of my schedule and, you know, how much money can you spend? So anyway, I missed this completely and didn't realize that this fancy pants vinyl with the exquisite corpse and everything. uh, The exquisite corpse, right. So I didn't even know what that was until I was digging around for this. This technique. I mean, I don't know much about it, but I guess on the limited edition vinyl, the picture disc... On McCartney's website, it said it would feature new and exclusively created artwork based upon a parlor game, which is called Exquisite Corpse, along with an official lyric sheet. I started digging around Exquisite Corpse because there's a... Something called Exquisite Corpse. I'm going to want a copy of that to begin with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Let me just say that... it turns out it's Paul McCartney related too? Wow. Be very careful what you Google image search when you type in exquisite corpse (laughs) some of it is not appropriate for your consumption so it's a collection of words or images assembled by a group collectively so each collaborator will add to a larger body whatever that body is in sequence with some kind of a rule and they're not allowed to see or hear the whole thing and you know you get very 
surreal, I guess, is the only word I could use to describe it. Crazy and surreal graphics. But if you yeah, even look up on the Wikipedia article of this, you'll see some other examples of this. I think it's pretty cool. So the songs are excellent. I mean, these are really good songs. Really great, yeah. And I wasn't paying attention in November. And so I just discovered these in the last, you know, really the last week or so. Yeah. In preparation for this, I've been listening to it. It's very interesting. It it just seems once again as if we have some of the best tracks from the album left off of the album. And when you put these with Get Started, and then you start fantasizing about pulling Fa You and Come On To Me and some of the mm. lesser tracks off mm-hmm. and replacing them with these... Like I'm picturing an album that starts with I Don't Know and goes into In a Hurry and goes straight into Dominoes and goes straight into Home Tonight. This is pretty good stuff. It's really good. Yeah, the Home Tonight song just it has all the classic McCartney tropes. This one sounds for me another one of those Sgt. Pepper Revolver era, possibly even the White Album Beatles tracks. We should leave it to the listeners. Maybe we'll post in the Facebook group, which is still thankfully pretty active. What's your new track list now that we have the complete collection of songs? Yeah, people will enjoy this because I've already seen a few. Yeah. Unfortunately, Paul lets us do that. (laughs) Paul puts us in a position that we can't possibly resist rearranging it when we hear the total output. There is something that happens with Paul where I think he wants to give us what he thinks we think is the best thing. Instead of just giving us the best thing? Well, and these are our opinions. There are plenty of people listening to us right now who are thinking, what are you talking about? You idiots! And come on to me, you're you idiots. Yeah, so morons. that's fine. Yeah. But from my point of view, you know, going with the aesthetic of this show, in, in any case, these new tracks, Home Tonight and In a Hurry, are much more in line with what, what you and I, I think, at least want from a Macca record. Yes, Well, I don't want to speak for you. You kind of asked me what I thought. What do you think? Are you enjoying the tracks? I really like these songs. We were talking a little bit about this. I put the songs on. I'm feeling good about them. I'm like, whoa, yeah, you know, high-fiving myself or you virtually in the the air. Whoa, come on, (laughs) new McCartney material. And, but then, yeah, a couple days later, I, I can't sing the song. I can't hum it to myself. I forget it. Right. It is interesting that these aren't as sticky as typical McCartney. So while I'm listening to them, I'm thinking, what a great little Macca melody. But as soon as this, well, not as soon as the song's over, but give it a few hours, give it a few days, and I'm having a hard time pulling them up. They're not catchy. They're not sticky the way that that Macca songs can be. Now, is that the production? Is it, does the production make me feel like these songs are good? Because I feel like the songs themselves are pretty good. If anything, maybe I found some fault with the production. They seem a little overdone. Mm. The brass sounds a little compressed. The snare sounds a little compressed. I could find fault with some things about the production, but I mean, overall, they're they're nicely produced. I don't. I'm not saying I have major complaints, but I I think they are good songs. I mean, maybe ultimately that's why they were left off the album. I mean, these are the Kirsten tracks. I I do think something happened with the whole Ryan Tedder thing, where Tedder did that that handful of material. And maybe somebody at the label was like, hey, let's make sure we include him on this to get the name brand value. And 
Well, I think you could have gotten more mileage out of that if you'd put out a, a Maca Tether EP. Yes, the Maca Tether. And promoted EP. it well, and it would have been like, whoa, Maca's working with Tether for three tracks. We have three tracks, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe they have something else in the vault. They could have put out a nice EP, and everybody would have dug that collaboration. And then right. Egypt Station could have had these excellent songs that we're just now hearing. Well, I'm glad we have these, more or less, as I always say. I would also say that I like his voice on these tracks. I love his voice in these tracks. And I'm going <laughs> right? to get to that when we start touching oh, okay. each one of these individually. Something about this era of Paul, I know he was probably well aware that maybe his voice needed some tuning or needed some extra help with the production. But I'm not going to be the guy that's always slagging on Paul because of his voice. I mean, we, he's still with us. He's an old guy. He's still making pop records. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Sounds pretty good on these tracks. Sounds great. And you know, I did actually, I did want to say one thing about these. I failed to mention you were talking about the vinyl. Only 12,000 copies of this were made and it's gone. Right. Right. You can't find it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I just missed it. See, this thing came out, this double A-side single online, November 22nd, 2019, the physical This vinyl we're talking about, this picture disc, exquisite corpse image, was actually on Black Friday last year. So that's the 29th of November. Special Black Friday RSD. I bet they're going to be adding another one eventually. They're just going to keep stacking those because (laughs) vinyl's up. It's up every year. has been for a long time. People are buying vinyl. Well, that's great news. I have heard record store employees just just on an average day at the record store when I'm just in there poking around, I've heard them say that like if it weren't for record store day, they'd have a hard time maintaining. Interesting. Yeah. So it brings people in, maybe some of these even acts as loss leaders for some of these big artists. These tracks are actually left off any sort of deluxe edition. Left off. So that's what I meant when I said earlier, like a third wave set of singles. This is past the deluxe edition. This is past the extra tracks. Yeah. We're into extra, extra tracks. And they're excellent. If you didn't like Frank Sinatra's party and 62nd Street (laughs) and all this other crap that he's got lying around. And Get Started. Get Started was included as a bonus track on the Target CD initially. Yeah. I went to Target to get that CD that day so I could get that extra track and it was worth it. (laughs) I'm going to Target. Oh, so there's a new McCartney album out. You haven't been to Target in years. Yeah, you were giving me shit that day. You were like, the album's on Spotify, man. I was like, yeah, I know it's on Spotify, yeah, but I know, man. the extra track is at Target. I'm going to Target. I'm going to go to my car. I'm going to Target. <laughs> right. Sorry. Right. Right. Get, get one of those Target hot dogs while you're there also, or whatever, if they have a food court still. At least that's what I remember. I didn't, but I buy a lot of compressed air there. Because of records. <laughs> Target has the yeah. best deal. They have Endust, two standard size cans for yeah. $8.99. For two cans, $8.99, that's an amazing deal. And they've had it going for years. Wow. I use the compressed air mostly on the brushes more than on the actual LPs. But anyway, you know you have to use your ID to buy the Endust Come on. At Target. Seriously? Because people have figured out how to get high, apparently, on Endust or on compressed air. Is there not so, anything sacred left in this life? 
It's I weird can't even in, get compressed air. <laughs> in Evanston, they don't ask for your ID, but in Chicago, you have to show ID to get compressed air. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just want to clean out my keyboard and my mouse and my, and my vinyl. My record brush. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, man, there are way better ways to get high than compressed air. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. So, home tonight. You want to just dig in on that one? Sure. This is to me the more Beatles esque of the two. Mm-hmm. This is a nice production with Great. the acoustic guitar and the vocal with the slapback on it. Yeah. Very nicely done. It's a really melodic bass line. Great melody. I don't know why I'm having trouble remembering it, but it's a great tune. Love it. I love that there in this era are all of these really sad lyrics from Paul. And he just dresses them up in a sunshine production. Well, they're kind of sad, but hopeful, right? Like, I don't know is kind of sad, but hopeful. Right. Yes. Well, the coat you're wearing's way too thin. I'm taking you home tonight. I'm like, who do you know that's wearing a tattered old coat? Or I guess it's not saying that specifically, but I read the bad news every day. It's getting harder to cry. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty bleak, man. Sometimes yeah. I'd like to look away, but I can't close my eyes. But it's all from the perspective of wanting to protect someone. Protect someone, right? Yeah. But then in I'm, I'm taking you, you home, home yeah. tonight. <laughs> Show that you're all right. You're like, yes, come on, Paul. Yeah. I love that. Looks like a go go wind is blowing in. I'm taking you home tonight. We're like a train that's left the tracks. The world is falling apart. I can't be helped to put it back. But tell me where to start. I'm taking you home. Yeah, fantastic. And this is, uh, well, it's true with both these tracks, but it's the kind of tune I like, where it's, you know, it's got a few parts to it. It doesn't just repeat in a loop. Yeah. It's a really well-constructed song. I like every single second of it. It's, yeah. I honestly think the brass is a little much on this track. Okay, too much of this I think brass. I like it. Well, I think when we get to In a Hurry, I'm okay with that brass, but this brass seems a little bit uh, yeah. slathered on. Like, it doesn't need it. Right. It's such a nice little rock band sound. By the way, do we have instrumental credits on these tracks? Is it all just hmm. Paul? Hmm. Maybe it's I couldn't the... find anything. I mean, I know he's not playing all the brass. Produced by... I'm looking at the art. Yeah, it sounds like saxophones and trumpets. I really wouldn't be surprised if these are McCartney solo records. With some people brought in to do brass and stuff, yeah. Otherwise, the production's great. I especially like the slap back on the vocal. But he sings really beautifully here. He sings, it's a solid vocal. Life goes by at such a pace When troubles seem to increase I know that we can find a 
this verse three he has, well, life goes by at such a pace, the troubles seem to increase. I know that we can find a place where we can get some peace. A little shade of ever-present past, where he's talking about mm, how his yeah. life went by in a flash. Ever since we hit the memory almost full era, he's looking back on his life and going, man, that was cool. Damn, this is going by fast. Yeah, and it has the compactness of an early Beatles song. Mm-hmm. I just happened to have been listening to a few early Beatles songs recently, and the the tune itself, the way, you know, what is the whole thing, 310 or something like that? Mm-hmm. It's really a nice, tight little arrangement, tight little tune. I think it was left off of the album because it's another of the Egypt Station sex songs. For you. But There's- does it... It feels less like a sex song, though. Taking I mean, you I get home it. tonight, you know? No, I get that. But I'm saying that the song, with the rest of the lyrics, all the poignant lyrics that you quoted, there's a bit more going on there, as opposed to come on to me. Right, right. So it's not <laughs> sexy enough. It's the, yeah. it's a pickup song, but it's too poignant. So now it's the B-side. I guess. Who knows? They had so much material to draw from when they were selecting the album that some of this stuff is going to fall to the side. So none of these, neither of the, as I was digging through the charts, nothing showed up anywhere except for Home Tonight hit 49 in Belgium. 49 in Belgium. Round of applause for Belgium. Hey man, how happy would you be to be 49 in Belgium? I'd book a one-way plane ticket and go on a mini tour. (laughs) Somebody's listening to me in Belgium. Come on, let's go. Well, shout out to Belgium for pushing this track to number 49. That's pretty good. We must have some listeners in Belgium, right? And if you're listening, shoot us an email, takeitawaypodcast at gmail.com. Just let us know if you're out there. Tell us how you're hearing this song on every street corner and every restaurant. It's blasting out of car windows. It's taking the nation by storm. It's everywhere. (laughs) I can't play it so much. I can't sleep at night. She was always in a hurry Never took the time to look around She was always one to worry and fret Staring at the ground Every minute she'd be rushing Someone always breathing down her neck Felt like everyone was pushing her down Keeping her in check In a hurry Everything about this song is classic McCartney. It's great, right? So it's got a little another day thing going on with it or something? Definitely. A woman, a, a harried woman, she's kind of busy, slipping into stockings, stepping in shoes, getting off to work. It seems like a similar kind of vibe. Yeah, a bit of a, like you're saying, a spiritual successor to another day. But then it goes from this push and pulled, this working... Maybe she's working. Maybe it's just her social circle. I, Paul likes to keep it vague like this, where you're like, I'm not really exactly sure what you're talking about, but I understand the emotion that you're trying to convey. Yeah. And then from a dream, so many of McCartney's things, oh, you know, I wrote it in a dream, man. I heard it in a dream. Some uh, voice comes from a dream telling her it's not too late to celebrate. And then it goes into this. There's some timpani talking about uncontrollable laughter maybe she's going in some kind of a fugue state and then one of my favorite mccartney choruses of this era out of nowhere with the is it a cello it must be a cello it could be some double bass in there that riff oh yes 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 
That's nice, right? Yeah. When he goes, allow me to congratulate you, baby. And you're like, mm-hmm. baby. And like, yes. It, because every time those they come on, they make me cry, howl with laughter. But he nails it. He hasn't nailed it like this in a while, but he has on his Egypt station tracks. You're uh, talking about the, what is it, the C-section in a way, because there's the yes. chorus, yes. and then you're getting into this part, and that's the, the flat six, flat seven, one thing. It seems seems very classic McCartney in its own way. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? yeah, yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah, the flat, what the flat you're six, talking flat, about. Yeah, yeah. If you're right. in C, it's A flat, then B flat, then C, right? That's what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, and, and he does that kind of thing a lot. And also the other direction, he'll do... He'll do C major, D major, E major type stuff, or C major, D major, E flat major type stuff, more likely. But yeah, I really like the the A section melody a lot. Yeah, that's really right up my alley. Just like the last song, it's right up my alley. It it goes somewhere. It it moves into a second part. It moves really nicely into the pre-chorus. And how nice to have a pre-chorus. I like moving parts. I like songs with moving parts. I like that a lot, that there's an intro yes. and verses and a pre-chorus and a chorus and a, and then like a C-section, the, the C-section with the never too late to celebrate part. Right. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I do really, really like these tracks. I like them yes. more than a few of the other bonus tracks. I was happy that we got these out the blue. So Paul is still the man and you still have to piece it together. From the album and all the other stuff. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot to <laughs> Nothing changes with this guy. No. <laughs> predictable, but unpredictable. Now she doesn't have to hurry. She can do exactly what she wants. Ask her why she doesn't worry or fret. This is her response. Uncontrollable laughter. So you brought this up. I missed this one. I guess I've been, I've stepped away from Paul. It's a wonderful life. What? It's a wonderful life. What is this about? Well, it seems as if it got serious this summer with this idea for him to write a stage musical about this movie. He says that he resisted writing musicals, that it was never something that appealed to him, but this seemed to make some kind of sense for him. Or maybe he just wants to try something. Like many of these things, this all started with an email, McCartney said. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Bill had asked if it was something I might be up for. Writing a musical is not something that had ever really appealed to me. But Bill and I met up with Lee Hall and had a chat. I found myself thinking, this could be interesting and fun. So even Paul is saying, eh, it's not really my bag, man. But here we have it, so. It's a nice movie. It's a wonderful life. It's not a bad story to tell. And to have new McCartney music against that plot, 
totally cool with that. So it's Frank Capra's 1946 film. And apparently this thing is going to open in late 2020. Okay. So you'll see a cast recording or you'll have to most likely go to Broadway, New York City to see this thing. And so it's Lee Hall, the author of Billy Elliot and the screenwriter for Elton's Rocket Man. I saw that. I liked that. I thought that was good. So he's also writing the lyrics in the show's book, because as we know, a book. Is he writing the lyrics? Yeah. Or just the book? He's writing lyrics. I don't know if he's writing all of the lyrics, but he's working with Paul to write the songs, from what I understand, unless you found something that contradicts that. It's just the person who writes the book doesn't usually write the lyrics. We'll have to write in if you know, because I don't know. So this musical was initiated by a guy named Bill Kenwright, who's a British theater producer. He did Blood Brothers, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Well, that's good. I mean, that has great songs. And something called Heather's the Musical, which is a more recent West End production. He's from Liverpool, this guy. That's why I approached Paul. Yeah, that that makes sense. Now, he's associated with a few other things that I think are worth pointing out. Uh, Screenplay for War Horse the Steven Mm. Spielberg movie from 2011 and the screenplay for cats 2019. The movie has, yes, which has not been well received. No, to say the least. No. (laughs) So I don't know how taking this all together, does it bode well or not? I, 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 do you have any, can I pour a glass of wine? Sure. So wait, let me finish with the chair here. Yeah. So you got any background with musicals? Background with I mean, musicals. Do you, do you know musicals? Have you listened to musicals? Yeah, I if I'm <laughs> I understand why you poured the glass of wine now. So yeah. <laughs> I in middle school played Sky Masterson in Guys and Dolls. Okay. And I Interesting. was learning the piano at the time and I got the music, you know, you could People don't do it now. They just download this stuff off the internet now. But I got the book with all the songs and I'm playing them on the piano. I'm learning them. I, I learned it inside out. I like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I think that's a pretty good one. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the movie adaptation of Little Shop of Horrors, like Rick Moranis, okay. like Bill Murray. Okay. There's probably others I can think of. But I'm right. But I'm. I know you're a Sondheim guy. Well, not just a Sondheim guy. I actually know a lot of musicals, and yeah, I have you're a very trouble. Yeah. Well, I have a very troubled relationship with musicals oh. too. Go on. Because, I, well, when you go way back, you know, all the great songs that Sinatra sang and Mel Torme sang and Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughan and all the songs that you know John Coltrane was playing at least yeah. when he was doing standards. The standards. Those songs are from musicals. So we're talking about Cole Porter and Harold Arlen and the Gershwins and Jerome Kern and the whole lot of these guys, Johnny Mercer. Yeah. We're talking about these great songwriters. And sometimes they wrote for musicals and sometimes they wrote for reviews, which were kind of musicals that were pieced together from unrelated songs. Yeah. Or sometimes they just they just wrote songs. But the stuff was all kind of related to musical theater. Right. So from that point of view, uh, I have a deep relationship, you know, with musicals because all that stuff, the Great American Songbook comes from musicals. Also, by the way, a, a good chunk of what we think of as the standards, they come from British musicals too, from that same period. Right. 
as you go along in time, you know, uh, musicals, and by the way, a lot of people know those songs from that period and those songs Sinatra did, but they don't know what they sound like in those musicals. That is true. Yeah, you might know My Funny Valentine or Where or When or whatever, but have you heard it with the original cast in the 40s? Because they sounded kind of different back then. It seems we stood and talked like this before. We looked at each other in the same way then, but I can't remember where or when. The clothes you're wearing are the clothes you wore. The smile you were smiling, you were smiling then, but I can't remember where or when. So as you get into Andrew Lloyd Webber and Sondheim and Cy Coleman and the more modern, that is modern in the sense of 70s and 80s, kind of getting into the modern era. As you get into that stuff, you get some very interesting and problematic material where you have Andrew Lloyd Webber writing these musicals that are through composed, which is very interesting that he wrote musicals where people sing the whole story. Right, right, right. They came out as concept albums. And what I like about those Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, a few of them from the seventies in the original form, the original concept albums is that they, they really are what I, I'm not saying they're, they're, they're perfect and don't jump down my throat about Andrew Lloyd Webber. I know everybody's getting very uptight right now. Just hold on. Let me make this point. What's interesting about them, the original LP of Jesus Christ Superstar, the original LP of Joseph, and also the 73 LP, these concept albums, yeah. is that they do what I always hoped a musical would do, which is that they just tell a story using popular music. Right. They don't sound like somebody's going to break out tap dancing any second. And so the king is once again my guest. And why is this? Was Harrod unimpressed? We turn to Rome to sentence Nazareth. We have no law. To put a man to death We need him crucified It's all you have to do We need him crucified It's all you have to do Talk to me, Jesus Christ You have been brought here Manacled, beaten by your own people Do you have the first idea why you deserve it? Listen, king of the Jews, where is your kingdom? Look at me, am I a Jew? Sondheim, at his best, you don't think that. I mean, there's a side of Sondheim where people do break out tap dancing. In other words, musical theater is a genre. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not just telling a story with popular song. That's what I wish it was. That's what it can be occasionally. Yeah. But too often, it sounds like a musical. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. That's the part of my relationship with musicals that's troubled. That sounds an awful lot like a musical side of it.
What's wrong with breaking out into tap dance? You're saying. Well, listen, I'm saying I like things like chess, like the original chess concept album. Okay. I like the original JCS concept album, the original Avita concept album. I like Sondheim when he's at his least poppy, actually. I like him in things, you know, Sweeney Todd. Right. And, you know, places like that. But when it really sounds like musical theater, it's too much of a genre. So I'm yeah. concerned. That's a really long preamble to get back to McCartney to say, I'm concerned he's going to, instead of writing Macca songs, he's going to write, well, what should a musical sound like? Listen, the South Park guys, Matt and Trey, you know, they write all these great songs on South Park. They work with the composer, Jamie Dunlap, and they write these great songs on the show. When they wrote a musical, Book of Mormon, that damn thing sounds more like a musical than almost anything I've ever heard. It sounds so much like a musical. And that's what I'm worried about with the McCartney thing. So I think you can write great songs in the context of musical theater. And I love the idea of telling a story with popular song. And I love the idea of Paul McCartney doing that. Right. And we've heard him do it with Rupert the Bear. That's true. Right? So we know we can kind of do that. But I'm just worried that this is going to be Paul stepping into genre shoes and writing something that sounds like a musical. I'd be surprised if I was blown away by it. I really would be. Mm. I hate to say it. We do have things like the frog song. You know, we all stand together. We have a frog song, yeah. I think things like Once Upon a Long Ago could be McCartney doing a musical. I just wonder if it's going to, if you're going to hear that musical theater genre vibe imposed on Paul McCartney. I don't know. Possibly. I will say this, and I've been thinking a lot about this since you brought this up. Paul, when he does, and I know you don't like Live and Let Die, but I love Live and Let Die. I know most people love Live and Let Die. When Paul has an assignment to do, he turns in something like Live and Let Die in a weekend or something like No More Lonely Nights, which is amazing so when there are these assignment songs maybe he's going to shock everybody and turn in something better than egypt station i'm i'm really surprised by this whole thing i never thought paul would do a musical and you know part of what makes the difference between a cheesy musical and a cool musical is precisely what it's about and it's a wonderful life doesn't exactly scream cool musical that screams cheesy musical Yeah, cheesy Christmas musical. Cheesy Christmas musical. You know, Sondheim, you know, he writes about things like Japanese and American trade relations in the 19th and 20th century. He writes about things like, you know, presidential assassins, (laughs) you know, and the barber who wants to slit people's throats for revenge. Those can make for cool musicals. Right. But I don't know about It's a Wonderful Life, so we'll see. Okay, well, I'll say this. Wonderful Christmas time. 79, The Christmas Song, 2012. He does good with Christmas music. And it's, sure, it's cheesy. It's Christmas music. People hate Wonderful Christmas Time, though, right? But people, Don't people also hate that? love it. <laughs> they love it. That's right. They love hearing it. It's in that category with Last Christmas by Wham. Yeah. Right? How do you yeah. not love it? <laughs> Step in at Christmas. Is that Tiny Dancer? Hell no. But I crank it when it comes on the radio. <laughs> Tiny dancer. 
No, 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 no. Last Christmas. Last, uh, no, no, wait. Uh, step into Christmas. Step into Christmas. Bop, 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 whatever how that, you know, everyone knows how that song goes. That's a great one. All right. When I'm Whoa. thinking Christmas music, I'm not going, well, I'm not really sure if I relate to this. It's more like <laughs> I'm probably somewhere wasted and I can't wait when I hear one of my favorite artists sing a song that I don't listen to the rest of the year. That's my point. I've put together a, a very wonderful playlist of, of my favorite Christmas tracks, including a track by Herp Alpert that I think will go oh, out I on. I love that guy. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> it's called The Bell That Couldn't Jingle, <laughs> and it's the most beautiful oh, little thing. So sad. And seeing as it's the end of February, let's go out on that. Great. So it's good to see everybody. Good to touch base with the group, and good to touch base on Paul. Anything to add? I'm excited that we got on the phone, recorded a little podcast I'm thrilled that the Facebook page is still going strong. Oh, people, are, people want to well, hear from the conversation. Us. The conversation is going though. Yeah. It's just fantastic. People are talking about all the right stuff all the time. It's awesome. Yeah. It's great to get that bit of news and to see that what we've built isn't not just you and me, but everybody listening, what we built something together yeah. here. And it's, it's great to stay in touch. Still get a lot of great emails from people. I'm always blown away. 2020 just found the podcast halfway through binging it like wow (laughs) (laughs) a conversation from five years ago still you're still interested and it's yeah it's great so thank you guys for joining us again look forward to talking to you all soon well we'll see what we can cook up for everybody down the line and for now we're going to sign out and listen to a little herb albert Theme music is Martha, My Dear by John Lennon and Paul McCartney, realized by Ryan Brady. Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney archive podcast is powered by Pippa.